I was a teenager in the early 2000s, and boy, did we figure out how to ruin our self-esteem back then. I don't know what teenagers are ruining their brains with now, but I do have a theory it's cocaine. But back in 2003, I would read People and In Touch magazine and let the unrealistic beauty and body standards seep into my brain hard. Every second page was women with negative body fat, low-rise jeans, and perky tits. They also had perfect skin. If their skin was not perfect, they would use the overly priced proactive from the infomercials. This chemical concoction promises to turn your skin perfect in order for you to enter into society again. Thank you, proactive. Before you, my two to nine pimples I would get a month would make me retreat into a cave. You certainly don't work, but I can tell people that it does and they will accept me once again. Back then, if you didn't have perfect tits, perfect skin, and if your body didn't rock the perfect low-rise jeans, it felt like you needed to be eliminated from Earth. Oh, Abby, am I being dramatic? Well, okay, maybe, but so was the torture my brain would put me through by, as a byproduct of this negative narrative. There was no talk about body positivity or neutrality, purely negativity and toxic diet culture. I can't give all the credit to the early 2000s mainstream media. My mother, God love her. My mother was always unhappy with her weight. Even in the small ass town I grew up in, there was a weight loss club dedicated for making women's asses smaller. From my understanding, this club, they had to meet once a week, they had a weigh-in, and then they would sit around gossiping over a plate of snacks. Why this social activity needed to involve diet? Because you had a baby three months ago, Cheryl. Obviously, you need to tighten up, Cheryl. What else do you have to focus on, Cheryl? We can go back even further than that. I also have a very vivid memory of being in the doctor's office, and I think I was as young as four, and being told that I was overweight. Being told that you are overweight at four years old when you have zero concept of healthy diet or your body in general can translate in my, really translated in my brain is your body, yeah, that's wrong. This for sure started the cycle of poor body image, self-destructive eating and terrible self-esteem. I have struggled with my weight my entire life. I have a deep food addiction, which I'll talk about maybe later in this episode or another episode. Uh, I've also struggled with an eating disorder in my, my younger life. And to be honest, I don't know many women that haven't struggled with disordered eating at one point in their lives. Up to two years ago, I weighed well over 300 pounds. I was probably closer to 400. I don't think I am wrong saying that, ironically, the culture telling me how to be thin actually made me fat. Uh, welcome to House of Stone, the podcast where uh, everyone has a story and we get into the nitty gritty of it all. Today's guest is Eva Alexo. Am I allowed to look in the camera? Uh, your camera is right there. And right there. <laughs> that one's for me. That one just has me. Yeah. So back off. <laughs> that one's mine. That one's mine. That's my That's camera. That's my bed, I guess. Uh, Eva Alexo is a comedian and producer of The Kickback, one of the most popular shows in the city. It was also named recently Cult Montreal's best show in the, sh in the city. One of five. One of five, yes. And of five voters who voted. <laughs> oh, please. Like, I think I myself voted five times for my show, because you can do that, and then... No. Can you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you definitely won uh, won that fair. like, hi, that. Dad, can you call all the Greek cousins? Eva <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a warm soul, and it comes across with every project that she works on. Her comedy style is energetic and raw, and I'm so happy to have you here I'm today. so excited to be here. We're going to talk some shit. Let's talk some shit. Uh, first off, how can people find you online your handles let them all let them know my number is 514 
<laughs> um, <laughs> five zero one. <laughs> That's actually my number. Uh, well, you guys can find me on Instagram at Eva Alexo Comedy and also on OnlyFans, <laughs> uh, seeking arrangements and uh, TikTok at Eva Alexo Comedy. Okay. But the best comedy is on my OnlyFans. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't have the confidence yeah. for and it. And at Kickback Montreal, right? And Kickback Montreal. Oh, yeah. That show. <laughs> that show. That, that one. That. Uh, Kickback MTL. And our two-year anniversary is actually July 23rd. So I'm very, very excited I think about I'm at that. that one, right? Sure I am. I'm pretty sure it's I'm like pretty sure just I a am. walk-in. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's actually gonna be a strip show. <laughs> I'm gonna strip. <laughs> People Why will not? leave. Why not? Get People will leave. <laughs> That's awesome. I get sued. <laughs> so how are you doing? How's how's things? Horrible. Uh, horrible. 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 Uh, inflation. Everything. Yeah. Pineapples cost eighteen dollars. Yeah. But I don't have AC and it's been raining most of the summer, so that's been a life. You don't saver. have AC? Ouch. I don't know what I was thinking. I got like one place with central air and I was like, I'll never live lower than this again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sold my AC and we had to we had to move because of the like the pandemic and like mm-hmm. we're both freelancers, so yeah. everything closed down yeah our rent was like two grand a month for a renovated garage in the plateau and we were like relax so we downgraded to this like Mm -hmm. place with a backyard which we thought was a backyard and a cool place in like ville marie yeah but that place is also a little whack because we got like crackheads in the backyard like it's wild i thought it was someone's dad in the backyard the other day and i was like i bet he's fixing the fence but then he jumped the fence and And i was was like hanging out i was like oh yeah crackheads (laughs) but i just like on ontario it's like that so i just tell myself that you know yeah they're part of hogwarts oh yes (laughs) make sure you're like uh speaking to the microphone yeah you gotta be a little bit closer do you want me to ask do you want to ask again how i'm doing maybe i'll (laughs) maybe i could lie and say i'm great (laughs) (laughs) no no no. we're raw here no i mean i mean you know we're surviving but definitely like yeah solid rough month financially for artists i would I think so. Right? I think I've 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 heard that all around. There's getting people to shows and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I have this theory that now that everything is open again, mm-hmm. social anxiety has actually increased. Because I, it was a lot more fun when we weren't allowed to do it. And now oh. that everything's open, like even myself, I find myself much more introverted this summer than I was. I mean, as someone who's, I have lived with social anxiety for most of my (laughs) life, most of my life. Um, And in order to like kind of overcome your social anxiety, you have to just do it. You have to push yourself and like make sure you make the connection after that. Okay, you didn't die after engaging in the social activity. But because we went without it for so long and it was, yeah, it was exciting at first. Um, we're just out of practice and like, we're just out of practice. And I, I find myself in like, like having to talk myself into like having normal interactions that I'm normally used to. And like, uh, but like, Oh, like thinking that it'll go wrong or something like, so I had to like, my, my brain is wired to be anxious for social engagements. And I rewired that over years. And now I'm having to wire like like change my wiring again so i totally get that like and i also have picked up on people just being very awkward <laughs> more comedians? awkward comedians you mean for, just being I mean, a we're comedian always around we're always around comedians and they are very awkward we're like, all weird none I mean, of from us an are audience cool. perspective i'm sure they think we're like outgoing and funny and and personable oh no no Oh no, 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 no. Um, I, I get the opposite of that. So I definitely, anyway, so no, I definitely would agree that like social anxiety probably is <laughs> a lot heightened now for I sure. My boyfriend's favorite joke that like when people come up to him, he's like, you know, people come up to him all the time. Like it must be so fun dating a comedian. It must be like <laughs> funny all the time. And I bet that they're just like happy. Is she just happy all the time? I bet she's happy all the time. I almost broke up with this man yesterday over a hypothetical scenario. Okay. <laughs> Don't make up hypothetical scenarios and relate. Like it will end your relationship. Oh my God. What talk. did we fight over? Oh, if he'll have a hall pass at 40. If you'll have a, if he'll have a hall oh pass my at 40. God. Wait, what is if, a, what if, is, if what exactly is a hall pass? 
a hall pass is like you know you have a one night stand and you don't okay. get in trouble for at it. At forty, he wants one. I don't know, but the argument started when he said, "How long will it take?" And I said, "What the fuck did you just say?" <laughs> <laughs> like what is well, how much how much time do i have to do i don't do? know but the greek in like me was quota. like doubling down there's a quota system you have to like 10 years and then you're allowed one blowjob or i something. don't know but but the 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 thing is is that we're both like relatively stubborn people so mm-hmm. our like the the inner lawyer that is not smart enough to ever become a lawyer in us yeah like to argue about yeah. these things so yeah. i'm here like yeah are you sure you're okay with me and another man? Because, like, of course you're okay with me and another woman. It's hot. But, yeah, like, are you yeah. good with another man? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I don't care. Just don't fall in love with him. I'm like, well, that sounds like a Nicholas Sparks novel ready to happen, doesn't it? And I was like, what if he's bigger than you, better than you? He eats my butt. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what? Like, things you can't give me. <laughs> And he's like, well, there's a you're reason. Try, you're trying to test that logic. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just starting yeah. to plant seed. Yeah. I just, I'm a visual person, so mm. I just wanted him to know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Terry Crews was gonna bang it out. Like, <laughs> like, can you compete with Terry Crews, sir? <laughs> and then, uh, and he's like, well, you know, and that's why, like, I just don't go down on you because I just know too much about what happens down there. And I'm like, what? Oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, babe, like, I know what it smells like when you fart, and I know what you do in the bathroom and sometimes you forget your little uh, taquito wraps and i was like what is oh, a taquito wrap what, the ta- what do you mean he's like okay actually this is gonna get a little dirty <laughs> no go for it it's just like you know like when you it's that time of month and you like you wrap it up like yeah. a little gift and yeah. like you put yeah. it in the garbage a like one wrap. time i just i forgot to put it in the yeah. garbage and i kind of like left it <laughs> And he went in the bathroom. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? He's like, you left your little blood taquito in the sink. And I was like, oh, Oops. no. So, like, he just, he, he, he has oh, a visual. Okay. And, but the thing, I was still offended. I was like, what do you mean? I would like, be offended, too. Like, well, what so is. So I shoved him down there and I said, yeah. try again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like a, that's a good move. No, but I straight up looked at him. I was like, Bro, I'm not like an Alomococo restaurant that like you tell your friends not to go to and don't yeah. order the potatoes because you used to work there and they don't wash their hands. Like yeah. it's not yeah. something you, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you rip ass every morning. Like I yeah. know when your body like, is you waking know, up. You know a lot about him too. Well, you, I'm in like, the kitchen doing the dishes. Yeah. I just hear this man fluctuate across the house and my yeah. baby's waking up. Like yeah. and I start making the coffee and I still go down there and just gargle his balls. Like yeah. that's yeah. love, baby. I mean, I know so much about my boy, like so much, so much, but I will still be the dirtiest human, as dirty as he wants me to be. Like, I don't care. Like, I've literally seen this man throw up at the kitchen table, just (laughs) (laughs) at the kitchen table, I've seen him throw up. And uh, he like put like wash like washes his mouth, and I still kiss him. Like it's <laughs> like what is the difference? I don't know. You're not asking him to go down on you on your period. So, no, like it's it's totally different. I don't know. But I mean, I get it. He's white. I don't know. That's a it's a weird conversation easy. to have. Good for <laughs> Zach's uh-huh. like, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> I will eat it up. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any comment on that? Um. I just know it from a lot of rap songs <laughs> that people who like rap songs are not particularly fans of eating people out. I haven't <laughs> had sex with a lot of people who like rap songs. <laughs> More of a house and country kind of. Right. For some reason, that's my demographic. I don't I mean, understand. People have types, and they have musical types. Yeah, West for Island, sure. for sure. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to talk more about uh, my my monologue, my story time at the beginning. I wrote this story time, and I was like, I need Alexa on this episode. <laughs> uh, Alexa, Eva, Alexa. <laughs> I don't even know my name anymore. <laughs> People call me whatever they want. <laughs> I needed Eva on this episode because um, I feel like you can relate to s- so much of it. Um, yeah. I met you when you came back from you were in the dominican right mm-hmm. and and uh, you were working there and you people knew you before and then you came back sort of a changed person literally a changed yeah, person yeah literally uh, another person tell listeners why <laughs> so i uh, 
I was, I started comedy in 2016, I believe. And I had never, so I never actually like wanted to be a comic. I just knew I didn't want to die without trying it. Like even if I failed and I did it, at least I knew I wasn't funny. And I was like, whatever, I'll go on and be a social media manager or something, Mm -hmm. which I still do on the side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But it it was one of those things where it's like, I, I felt a calling towards it. I felt like a a want to do it, but I just, I didn't. I just didn't want to die without trying it. That was basically it. So I started it and it got addictive and then I kept going, kept going. But Mm -hmm. for me, what happened was I got to a point where I did New York City and I did Gotham. Okay. And at that time, like comedy was going great, but my life was not going great. And I was someone who lived for my family and I had a really sick mom who Mm -hmm. was a drug addict and addicted to opioids. So she was bedridden most of my teens. Oh wow. And I spent the majority of my teens like taking care of my mom, Mm. flaking on friends all the time, leaving school because I had to go give her like a back massage and make her food and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, at 25 years old, I was doing comedy, yes, but I was also in like a really toxic relationship with my family because I was the caretaker. I was constantly driving back and forth between hospital appointments and, Mm. you know, Greek culture sometimes can just get very overly involved. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to a point where I said to myself, like, this can't be what my life at 25 looks like. Like, I'm incredibly depressed. Like, when I look at my future, I see black. And you know, I got to a point where I said, you know what? I, I did the comedy thing. I got to Gotham. I proved to myself that you can do I, it. I can do it. So yeah. if I ever want to do it, fine. Like I'll stall over again, but I got to get out of here and I got to figure out you like set literally a big boundary. You yeah. Left the country. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> they followed. <laughs> my oh. parents bought two condos in the Dominican right next to my resort. And I thought my and parents moved there. were boundaryless. Okay. I know. I feel like Zach's like just hearing my life story now. We're going to get to know <laughs> each other today. That's like the most Greek thing I've ever heard in my entire oh, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets better. Oh, wow. I I mean, I knew. I didn't know that they bought a condo. Oh, like near. Because you hopped around in the islands a bit. For yeah. So I, I ended up being like the marketing expert for club med for the north american zone so Mm -hmm. so what i did to get away as fast as possible Mm -hmm. was i applied for a social media manager position at club med thinking i was never gonna get it okay and then they called me long story short i was shipped to punta cana within four weeks like i was i was gone Wow, amazing and i was scared i was terrified i mean i was moving to a country all by myself like for the sake of like bolting from my family But I just I just needed to know who I was apart from mm-hmm. Jenny's daughter, Jim's yeah. daughter, Dana's sister, yeah. Nicole's friend. Like I mean, we all sort of do that at some point. Um, however, we a lot of us don't have that dynamic with a parent that you're the ter- caretaker, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of times, like as teenagers or in your twenties, you tr- you start building boundaries, you move out, um, you start like your relationship changes as parent and child but it's it's must be so hard to leave when you're you're taking care of this person you love so much yeah uh, you feel a lot of guilt especially oh, in greek culture course. it's like it's like and they lay it saying on. hello and then guilt those are the yeah. two things that yeah. happen to you as a child first mm-hmm. so you know in in our culture it's very like family is close family even if your family is toxic you're still kind of taught that like family is close and yeah. we are close even though we're mean to each other sometimes that's just what we do and I'm like yeah. I don't think that's what everyone does <laughs> but um so I moved and I ended up not knowing that Club Med was like a French resort from France okay. so I just moved from one French place to a more French place with bigger assholes and mm. I was like and yeah. the thing is is that over there so the the big part of this is that I was 300 pounds at that time when I started comedy. So even a lot of my comedy back then was very self-deprecating. Yeah. A lot about like, you know, what you resort to when you're shy and you're still getting to know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went to the Dominican, there was a lot of fat prejudice, a lot of fat prejudice. Okay. It was funny looking back on it, but like, yeah, you know, there was one time my manager confused me and another fat girl for drinking too many smoothies. And I was like, Oh, like okay he like called a, me accusatory into the like you drank you drink too much smoothie yeah but it wasn't it's just, me it was yeah. the other short fat brown girl and i was like jerome what the fuck man <laughs> <laughs> fucking jerome fucking jerome he's like <laughs> Eva, all the bartenders are telling me you're drinking all the smoothies and i was like what and he's like 
all the smoothies. I'm like, Jerome, I've had one smoothie since I got here. And I was like, how did they describe me? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, chalks, fats. And I was like, damn. <laughs> he just straight up said it. He's like, yeah, you're fat. And I was like, that's French people. So now I'm very Was tough. it like the French people from France that yes. had this prejudice or like the locals there? No, no, no. Yeah. The locals okay. there, I was a 10. They were like, yeah. Mira, <laughs> ben aquí, sexy mommy. And I was like, I belong here. <laughs> like this was my home. Else. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I even say it on stage a lot. Like there was a real moment, like I tell this story on stage, but there was a real moment when I truly knew I had lost an impeccable amount of weight because okay. it you know it really is culture like dominicans yeah. like fuller women they mm -hmm. they love curves and all that kind of stuff and french mm -hmm. people you know it's fine like they just mm. their culture is to the slimmer side yeah and there yeah. was this uh there was this guy who was the f and b manager who'd come from miami often and he knew me when i was big okay and i re-met him again smaller yeah he didn't recognize me Right, right. And let me tell you, when I was big, this guy didn't give me two looks. Yeah. Okay. I met yeah. him again when I was skinny. He was doing cocaine in the back of the bar. <laughs> he was head of F&B in Miami. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And he hit on me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, you should be a chef de village. You should be the head of the resort. You um, have such a big future for you, Eva. I just want to get to know you better. And I was like... <laughs> This man doesn't yeah. even remember disregarding me at yeah. any point because yeah. I was yeah, big. Yeah. So the, the beauty of it, so what I did was I had for many years tried to lose the weight naturally. Yeah. I had done Weight Watchers. Just when, like, when was the first time that you tried dieting? Oh, my whole life. Your like whole like life. you, like yeah. I had a yeah. very yeah. body conscious mother, you know, yeah. like don't yeah. wear polka dots, don't wear stripes. That look, makes you look yeah. big. You look good, but you're just on the edge yeah. or... You know, yeah. I had a really bad relationship with food like you and mm -hmm. my rebellion and my need for control came from like yeah. stealing Quaker bars and like hiding it under the bed and, and then yeah. everyone would find it. And I'd be like, leave me alone. Quaker, <laughs> Quaker bars. Yeah. Oh, the chewy Quaker bars. Oh, it was so good. Quaker bars are like granola bars, right? No, they have little chocolate covered ones. Oh, yes. With yes. the colonizer man with the hat. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Quaker. Colonizer, yeah. <laughs> That's a Quaker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a savory bitch. So I was stealing like I was selling chips and just like yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know. I was I was uh, I was full blown chocolate. Like I remember yeah. going to Florida for the first time and discovering Krispy Kreme Boston creams. And my dad showed up a week later being like, who ate my kid? Because <laughs> my mom was letting me eat Krispy Kreme's for breakfast, lunch, and yeah. dinner. And I just gobbled it up. <laughs> it didn't matter. I mean, the Boston cream is fucking good. I mean. It is. Yeah. Like, fuck off with, like, what? The sugar? Yeah. Like, just the sugar? I want the chocolate. I want the I want the cream inside. Like, it if we're going to do a donut, fucking do it, you know? I did all yeah. 12. All <laughs> oh, but, yeah. you know, the thing was is that. I think what a lot of people don't realize, so I wasn't always big. I was like athletic, but I hit puberty watching SpongeBob in like grade five. So I had C's at 12. Like it didn't make any sense. So I looked fat at a young age, but really I also looked like a full blown woman by 13. Okay. okay. While all of my friends had little mosquito bites. Yeah, that, boobs. that fucks with your body image as well, is because right? you're like, oh, my body doesn't, even though. I don't look like a cardboard box. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. So for that sure. was that's kind of where it started in high school. Being like, I know I'm different. I got big boobs. Everyone mm -hmm. called me Tits McGee. Mm -hmm. I bought a hump a lot. Uh, <laughs> just clever. Eva Angelina Young was like that porn star clever. back in the day, and I was like, okay, I'm a Christian. Like I didn't understand it back then. And um, I think when I really started gaining weight, though, was definitely stage up. Like they used to, mm. what did they call it, freshman 15 or something like that? Yeah, I was like yeah. freshman 60. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started smoking weed, and you know, just mm -hmm. depression and discovering yeah. weed and loving yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And and that's how it kind of started, and it got worse and worse. And then mm -hmm. I got to a point where I think I was around like. 230 okay but the thing is is that you don't realize you're getting bigger and you don't know you're mm, bigger yeah and all your friends are like no you look good uh, and yeah. then you lose all the weight you look at the photos and you're like why didn't none of you bitches tell me to eat a <laughs> fucking apple <laughs> none of you wanted to look at me and just be like yeah girl you big big i mean like, it's 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 hard and like also like I would hate, like, I had people telling me that I was gaining weight and I, like, hated it because, like, yeah, I knew, but, like, whatever it's they were. It's an emotional were, thing. Yeah, it's an emotional thing. And if they told me, like, oh, you should lose weight, it's like, oh, thanks. Like, I don't know that. And, like, yeah. I, I felt it would, 
it, I don't know. It's it. I'm conflicted on that because like even if someone told me, I would hate that too. It's not that. Yeah. I think. I think for me, what it was is that I was very aware of the fact that I suffered from body dysmorphia. Yeah. And so when I was asking my friends, it wasn't so that they would tell me I was skinny. It was yeah. that the, so they could confirm just, that the thoughts in my head yeah. weren't just overthinking. Like, like, I yeah. feel bigger. Can yeah. you guys tell me? But yeah. on their end and in their mm -hmm. defense and what a lot of my friends told me post weight loss was mm -hmm. like, we never saw it. Yeah. Because yeah. we loved you. So I mean, we didn't if, see the yeah. we didn't see the weight. We just saw yeah. Eva. And, and that, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You got, you got good friends. I know. My yeah. mom didn't say that though. She's like, thank God we paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I mean, all yeah, also friends were seeing you very often. Like the 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 in increments yeah. of weight you don't really see it yeah and then you maybe see like selfies from you know a year ago or whatever then it was a full-blown circle yeah yeah it's so wild. when like we're i know you're getting there in your story but when did you make the decision to make the like uh, the change for the oh, surgery yeah um i didn't it was really my doctor because it had gotten really bad so okay um in 2017 i got evaluated by this doctor Okay. Because my mom had also had a weight loss surgery. She had bypass. Okay. okay. And so I went to the same doctor as her. Okay. And he had said for me to get the surgery and that if I didn't, I guaranteed would be back in a few years. Okay. Bigger. Okay. And where my mess up was, was that I told a lot of my girlfriends and they called it cheating. And they said I should just lose it the natural way. I was going to ask you about that. Like, there is such a... I don't I don't know if we call it stigma or this like negative narrative around weight loss surgery like oh it's the easy way out. But if we know anything about TikTok now and people documenting their, you know, lap band surgery, you know, journey or their uh, gastric sleeve journey, like it is fucking hard. Yeah. It is it like yeah, it's different from losing weight naturally but it's fucking hard you have to like go through like this huge like um you have to go through the psychological same psychological journey as you do when if you get control of your diet the natural way like you have to learn how to eat smaller you have to change your relationship with food it's not and plus you're going through this this huge surgery at the same time it is it's not the easy way out. And um, so you faced some of that when yeah. you were and telling your friends. Yeah, a lot it. of it. And I, to be honest, like I fell for it. I was very young and I yeah. lived in the West Island and I, my friends were my world and I didn't yeah. want to feel judged or, you know, anything like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's funny because like looking back at it now, it's like, fuck you, bitch. Like, yeah, you didn't, you don't go to the you don't go to the gym every day. You don't eat like an Olympian. Like talk to me when you look like Hercules. Like if it's so easy, why aren't yeah. my skinny friends yeah. exercising all the time? Like people don't realize that it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a oh, horrible yeah. relationship with food. I, I oh, yeah. eat to punish myself. Like mm -hmm. my routine used to be like waking up, smoking weed, going for a drive and getting McDonald's. Yeah. Still something I really <laughs> love doing. <laughs> but it, it got to the point where it was like, I was like hiding food and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. like I said, I was a very emotional eater. So, yeah. and you know, I was brought up that way as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I was uh, working for Club Med, I had come home for vacation and I had gotten even bigger because I was dating this lovely Dominican. He just kept feeding me soup all the time okay. and taking me out for concha and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and my parents sent me down and they said you know we're gonna pay for this surgery because like we want you to know what it is to have a full life okay and i mm -hmm. went to get evaluated by the doctor and the doctor had actually told me that like i won't live very long and i'm not gonna lose the weight because now i've developed a you know a thyroid mm -hmm. problems and okay. i'm just gonna get bigger Okay. And you don't really have a choice. Okay. At that point, it had been three, four years, and I had gotten up to 300 pounds from 230, so he was absolutely right. Okay. And I I left, I did the surgery, and I I actually had a really great surgery. Like, mm -hmm. I physically, I recovered 
amazing. Like I was losing weight rapidly. I was walking right away. I was back to work in the Dominican within two weeks. Like, oh wow, it hurt okay. a lot. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, they literally pull out half your stomach, yeah, like, through yeah. your belly button. And you had it done uh, in the Dominican? No, I had it done in Montreal. In Montreal, and okay. I went back to the Dominican oh, wow. back to work. Okay. And with this surgery, you lose two to three pounds a day. Ooh. Okay. But a lot of women or and men who you know and people who get this surgery. They lose a lot of hair. So mm -hmm. with extreme weight loss, there's yeah. hair loss as well yeah. and yeah. loose skin and, you know, all mm -hmm. these types of things. So physically, I've been very lucky. Yeah. I don't have a lot of loose skin. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they do this thing in the surgery where they check like your body to like, muscle to fat percentage. Okay. Okay. And I was like down the line 50 50 because I was, you know, an athlete back in the day. So I still had a lot of muscle okay. for the okay. most part okay so physically my body recovered wonderfully like mm -hmm. i had really saggy breasts and you know i mm -hmm. got a boob job in march finally mm -hmm. and like even that i got words to say <laughs> um so that's the thing it's like physically you're like great i lost the weight but what people don't realize is that it's still body trauma yeah and your body loses weight faster than your brain can process so mm -hmm. when i talk about fat girl brain yes it's it's not like a haha -ha thing yeah fat girl brain is like i actually have a weird concept of the world and when people talk to me i, mm -hmm. I have this naiveness about me because mm -hmm. when when i was big it was like this protection it was this kind yeah. of like everyone's okay. my friend because i'm the fat jolly girl okay. and i'm pretty for a fat girl and mm. no one's intimidated by me and my friends bring me around to places so i can be the fat girl icebreaker like, <laughs> yeah, like i can crush a beer on my head like, <laughs> like, so you know there's a there's a lot of social things that happen to you that actually make you feel like you're in this brand brand new world and you're oh, like absolutely you're extremely vulnerable you're extremely insecure because yeah everything about your world changes and you know it, yeah it's it's weird because like mm -hmm. two months in was probably the hardest part for me because okay i had lost 60 pounds but when i looked okay. in the mirror i was still fat yeah and yeah. clothes that i had bought as a shield because when mm -hmm. you're big you dress yourself to shield yourself yeah yeah no longer were fitting yeah. the right way. Can we talk about one like plus size clothing being terrible for ugly, the ugliest thing? Like, oh, I want to wear a floral sheet all the time. Here's a bed sheet. Yeah, <laughs> this 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 will make you look good, right? Like, there's no diverse. Do you guys want some more patterns? Yeah, patterns. yeah. I, anyways, yeah. So the clothes you, the I just, I just think it's so weird that like so many people in America are so fat, but like the clothes still suck. Yeah. That's like half your demographic. Exactly. Like <laughs> just more than half yeah. your demographic. Yeah. Yeah. And like I always liked as a bigger person wearing like tighter clothing because it like I like showing my curves and stuff. And then mm. like when buying it, like I couldn't I couldn't find anything except for like selective stores or I had to like it was forever oh, 21 plus yes <laughs> yes there was my go i still have pieces from there that i like, know but their sizes were horrible like oh, that terrible that, none hit of or that miss. helped hit or miss yeah no the sizing like this is a 2xl i'm like are you sure yeah <laughs> this this fits over my foot where korea <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so you like the clothes were fitting you yeah like, so that was weird and it, it's like i said it's a it's a mental mind fuck because yeah you're losing weight really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And if you eat too much, you get very sick. So yeah. you can only really have a couple bites of food and then you're full. Yeah. And with that social interaction, you have to deal with being like, eat more. And I'm like, oh. I can't. I'll throw up. I'm like, you're so cute. Eat it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like as someone who's addicted to food, yeah. that was really difficult for me because you know, you crave it and you mm -hmm. want to eat all that food and you want to feel full and you want to enjoy a full meal. Yeah. But you know, like one bite too much will make you really, really sick. Yeah. And you're very restricted in the things that you do and your cravings and things you used to love anymore, you can't tolerate anymore. Mm -hmm. And the way people- That must have been so hard dealing with that in like a country away from home. Like you're- Oh, that was my home back then. Oh, that and, was and, your, okay. And I didn't have to cook anything. Like okay. they had like the buffet we all went into. So I, it was like easy to make my meals and get my soup, but just okay. emotionally, okay. Lo weight loss has been the most difficult part for me because yeah. you're still, I'm still fat here. I'm still yeah. 300 pounds. I'm still working mm -hmm. on it. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I still see a big girl. Yeah, I can relate to that. You know, and, and it's that's why it's a journey. And that's why, like, if there's any very small people who have 
big friends, like if your friend asks you if they're big and yeah. they're, they just need some help and confirmation to be guided and soothed, like give yeah. it to them. Because yeah. sometimes I, I actually lose my mind in the mirror still and I yeah. got a boob job and I still lift my boobs up and I'm like, <laughs> did they do it right? Like <laughs> They like recarved my nipples. And, yeah. and so yeah. the thing people don't realize is that you think the weight loss will change you. It and doesn't. You, it doesn't. It doesn't. It just gives you more new insecurities. Yeah. Like your nose is yeah. big and you're like, I didn't know my face covered most of it before. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can definitely relate to a lot of things you're saying. I mean, I lost well over 200 pounds at yeah. this point. Um, and I definitely like, if I am bloated because of my period one day, I'm just like, well, this is it. I'm going back yeah. to it. And I don't really have, I found like, it was like this time last year, like when I actually realized like, oh, I actually kind of did it. I lost the weight. Like I, I was, I was on this journey, health journey, I called it. Um, but it was really a food addiction recovery program that I was on that I lost the weight on and it was only about a year ago that I realized like oh my body like I did it my body mm. changed but I still looked in the mirror and I still didn't really see the like because my I I think my brain was like definitely like protecting me from like what I actually looked like even though like it wasn't terrible what I looked like before but like it was I knew that like I wasn't comfortable. I knew that like like my joints were aching and mm -hmm. everything and I I my relationship with food was terrible. I had I have still like a really bad food addiction. So it I definitely like and even now I struggle like I said like I it's a constant constant journey. Like it's not like like you, you like got the surgery and it's done. Like you know, like I, um, and now there's like, I worked so hard for many years to have body positivity in my life, just accept who I was no matter what. Um, and, but then again, like even back then, like even as much body positivity as I would inject into my brain, uh, it still creeped in that like, you know, you're unhealthy, you should lose weight, you be happier, skinny. That's a big thing. Happier, skinny. No, that's that does not exist. No, and I learned that the hard way because, you know, there's there's just so many things that go into being big. And like even as a as a larger person, you just don't win because it's yeah. like at the same time as everyone's calling you fat and mm -hmm. overweight and gross and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. the media is also forcing you to love yourself yeah and be the best curvy gal you could be yeah. and just like oh and i was the it. best curvy gal i could be i'm also the best me i could be now too like i did my best but yeah. no i did not always love myself yeah. no i did not yeah. always feel confident and it it almost made me feel worse that i had channels kind of also giving me propaganda to like shove it down my throat, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I felt worse about the fact that like, why don't I love myself all yeah. the time? Like sometimes yeah. I'm really sad and sometimes yeah. most of the time and even still today, I don't think I'm worthy of love. Oh, you yeah, know, like yeah. those are thoughts that go into your head for multiple reasons. So, yeah. you know, in front of people, yeah. Like, and most of the time, sure, I, I, I always felt beautiful. I was always very confident in who I was as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. But to say that I didn't go home sometimes and be by myself and yeah. feel like I'm never going to find anyone or I'm only going to find a certain type of person and mm -hmm. be a fetish, like, yeah. I would be lying and it would be doing a disservice to women who feel that and feel mm -hmm. ashamed for feeling that because they're, like, supposed to love themselves. Yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Men feel that way, too. Men like, feel that way, too. Everybody, I, like... Yeah, I still, like, feel, like, all of those insecurities still now in this healthier body I, I guess smaller body um and yeah it's what are you looking at? I'm like so you also got into a serious relationship post loot loss you yes. should talk about that yes yes <laughs> I did I did <laughs> but what I was gonna say we'll get to that what I was gonna say is that like I I had insecurities then but I still now I have these different insecurities like you brought up that like I never thought I would be facing now and like I I didn't have weight loss surgery but now I'm like contemplating you know changing my body just because of these insecurities because mm -hmm. I'm like 
I'm young. I don't want to like, I don't want to live with this the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and you deserve it too. I, I guess. And, but it's a big decision to make and I, I, you should be so proud of yourself and you were so brave to like, and you're also, you're so open and talking about it too. Yeah, you're so open course. and honest. And I mean, a lot of people aren't and I'm surprised by that. Well, I shouldn't be, but for, for me, it's just, it's just like, if you know there's other people suffering from this yeah. and you can kind of like give any type of insight, like why not? Yeah. yeah you know? Like exactly. I have nothing to hide, yeah. like except my belly sometimes. Yeah. Like I don't know, but mm -hmm. you, you, the thing is, is that when you're big, like for me anyways, I was very confident in who I was as a human being. So mm -hmm. I knew anyone who loved me, loved me for me because yeah. I knew I wasn't the girl you were going to pick first, mm -hmm. but I was going to be the girl you remembered mm -hmm. and I was going to be the coolest girl and I was going to be the funniest <laughs> girl and I was going to be the chillest girl. And mm -hmm. like, that's what you're going to remember and we'll be homies and then I'll have a crush on you and you won't like me back. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll be best friends and you won't like me back. <laughs> oh my God. My entire life. Just <laughs> right. And I'm just yeah. like, what do you mean that blonde hockey player isn't like me back and he wants Vanessa? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's the thing but there's this protection you give yeah. yourself and this confidence so you're like mm -hmm. whatever if someone doesn't want me it's because i'm fat and that's the only reason they don't mm. want me and it's because i'm big other mm. than that i'm perfect yeah and then you lose all the weight so with every pound so does mm. um, a realization of the world come to you like yeah so the more weight i lost the more my mind became open to mm -hmm. a lot of things that like, I don't know how yeah. to say like a lot of things that I was maybe disassociating with. Okay. Like maybe okay. I never really noticed the fat discrimination until I lost the weight. Okay. I noticed how yeah. nice oh, people were treating when me. I was, I, I noticed it when I was big. I really, noticed, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like tell I me a also, story. like I had two, like two opposite people would discriminate because I was fat. Like I've, I've had people come up to me in stores and just like, Oh, you need to lose weight. Like just, I have people come up to me like a patient that was in the waiting room at a, in an emergency room, come up to me. and was like, you need to lose weight. Like, it, time like what are you doing like what are you doing like oh, usually now you're it's gonna like wait seven hours or something. <laughs> yeah like it's like okay do you really think you coming up to me in a winners telling me that i need to lose weight like this french canadian is gonna do anything no it's just gonna <laughs> like send me home hey dad <laughs> yeah yeah like oh, i need to change my life because of this but no it's not gonna gilbert told yeah. me i was wrong yeah but then i had like in my early 20s like i did very little dating because I thought that I was too big to be loved. Then I started dating. Uh, and then I saw that people didn't give a shit about my side. They love me no matter what. Um, but I have, I have never had a serious relationship as a bigger person. I don't know if that's coincidental. Now I have a serious relationship. I mean, I have a really serious relationship. I am a serious relationship. The I'm other guy barely I'm spoke English. <laughs> I couldn't talk to him about nothing. He's like, Lena, want some soup? <laughs> I was like, do you think aliens exist? He's like, haha, you so cute. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> this is the Dominican. Damn it, Johan. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is, is that mm -hmm. I will always love him in, a, in a, a certain way because he will always represent someone who you know, at the end of the day, like I make jokes, but he yeah. really loved me for me. Yeah. And and he loved me at my biggest. And yeah. he was also very honest. He was like, Leila, usually I don't like a big woman, but something about you like, <laughs> like, was so exotic. And I, yeah. I like to believe that like my personality shone through that. But mm -hmm. there was a security and a confidence in that. And then I lost all the weight and every question in the book was like hitting me. I, I mm. probably slept with more people when I was big than when I lost weight. Oh, I mean, me 100%. I slept with my boyfriend who is now my boyfriend yeah. been like white boy summer, baby. Let's crush it. <laughs> like I was ready to just dominate the Irish after I lost all the weight. I was coming for the lifeguards. <laughs> like I was going full throttle and then I, I it was just him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, two years later, here we are. So oh, I wow. have, I never really, screwed around post weight loss actually mm -hmm. there was one guy at the resort i hooked up with and mm -hmm. i have the video well i didn't film we didn't actually end up hooking up he was this okay. guy from texas oh and i uh kicked him out of my room oh yeah because i just decided last minute i wasn't that type of girl anymore oh, and he okay. was like super drunk okay and uh the thing is that the staff quarters are like two kilometers away from the actual <laughs> resort like oh, in shit. the middle of the jungle and he's like where's my room i was like outside to the left keep going yeah. and i don't yeah. know what happened to him i never saw him again <laughs> he found his he found his I'm way sure he found his way back to texas there was, there's no news report or about panama someone. i don't know 
a texting going ever. missing from Club Med. No, there was no <laughs> but, news. Uh, yeah, and and you know, even in my relationship, the thing is, is that not unfortunately, but as I've been in a relationship, I've also have to get to know myself and mm. get to know who I am. And my for me, my boyfriend was this like hunky dory jockey yeah big football player from concordia like i would have never touched this guy before yeah never he would have never i would have been the best friend that liked him (laughs) that's what my boyfriend would have been back in the day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i even have these moments where i i look at him and i'm like huh (laughs) i really ended up dating the guy from jane the virgin huh (laughs) and that was my crush too so i was like whoa gotcha nice (laughs) nice but just like I still get really insecure sometimes yeah, of and course, I still feel course. like he might leave me for a skinnier tighter 22 mm. year old those insecurities slip in for sure and I'm someone who was like I'm gonna run away first before you dump me bye <laughs> like, <laughs> be gone <laughs> and uh like I've worked through it and and yeah. he works through it with me but that's good it's it's definitely something that yeah. is like it's on you yeah to remember I mean, that my like, boyfriend's very very patient because there are some days like i i look at my boyfriend some days and i'm like you are so hot <laughs> this is a my mi- e. this, this is this is a mismatch like oh no oh no and i am not on the good side of this mismatch <laughs> that's where i go i'm not on the good side and <laughs> And then, like, I said that to him the Don't other shake day. shake your head, but I know what she's saying. Like, yeah. I've been there, too, where I'm looking at him and being like... <laughs> 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 Sorry, Mike, you're ugly as fuck. <laughs> and, like I, said, like, I said this to Fernando, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, we're a mismatch, aren't we? He's like, don't open that can of words. Like, no. fuck off. Don't open. And then I actually said that in my, like, in front of Mike. And, like, he was just like... I think that's your self-esteem, like, talking. <laughs> it was, like, sweet, sweet boy. Sweet, like... Isn't yeah, it so true. bad when they... I think the thing I, I hate the most about my boyfriend is that he's kind of on the border of Gen Z, so when we argue, there's a lot of, like, terms that are brought up. Oh. And, like, yeah, can't we just, like, be millennials and call <laughs> each other, like, a little bitch or something? Why do you have to be, like, why are you degrading my self-esteem right now? Like, I feel really invalidated and you're gaslighting me. I'm like, shut up oh, like gosh. just fucking defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're invalidating my emotions babe and i'm like I mean, no i'm all, not you don't of, have emotions <laughs> yeah. uh, that's kind of nice because i'm dating a 38 year old that does not have that type of language <laughs> he's like do you think that maybe this is your childhood trauma speaking through and i'm like no it's not i'm going to my room <laughs> and he like graduated in sociology too oh, so i'm right, like right up. right he's like, everything is a construct Marriage is a construct. Relationships <laughs> is a construct. Monogamy is a construct. Oh, shut up. Just go get a hall pass. Don't, don't preach to me that polyamorous <laughs> shit. Okay? <laughs> go in the fields. You want to be polyamorous? Go get six more girlfriends. I dare you to deal with yeah. all six of us. You don't want to handle all that. I you mean, can barely handle he'll me. He'll come crawling back to you and they'll be like, I don't want this anymore. This man almost... Okay, actually, it's a little bit of both. Okay, every mm. one, once a month on my period, okay, we only we just made the connection. Okay, at least once a month, I want to break up. Okay, and it just so happens to be around the time that my little blood taquitos are also yeah. <laughs> Call back. And I am like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am getting angry at everything. Yeah. Like I am yeah. just overly sensitive, yeah. and for some reason, I'm always like trying to break up. But now mm-hmm. he's trying to like figure it out. Like yeah. when around the I time mean, that's comes. So like he puts the no because even when he presents it yeah the feminist in me that like has to be there is like don't say i'm being emotional because i'm on my period these are my feelings <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like the next day i come out and i'm like it's time <laughs> it happened <laughs> and he's yeah. like Right, right. so now he like gets excited yeah. he's like he has like the tracker app so he tracks oh, it before he tracks me. your flow so for you yeah, the yeah. Flow so app for you? Getting, yeah 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 so now once i start yeah. getting a little snappy he's like yeah. ah, 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 ah. oh wow two weeks out the hormones start raging so i'm not gonna take you yeah. seriously right now <laughs> then i just run away like huckleberry fit and i'm like you figured out the code <laughs> he just tracks my period app i don't even have a period tracking app it's i don't this episode is brought to you by Flow app. Track your period. Give so her money. So your boyfriend doesn't. That, yeah. So you don't break smart, up your that's boyfriend. That's smart though. I know. Smart. But I think it's more for his mental health. So he's like, she's not abusing me. She's just <laughs> She's not verbally abusive. She's mm-hmm. just emotional. Right? <laughs> 
So in every episode, I ask a couple questions uh, sort of to wrap up. I hate that we have to wrap up soon. I know, this, this is, is fun, though. This is so fun. I hate that. But I ask a few questions um, at the end uh, to every of every guest, every guest, all two of the guests that I've had so far, every every single one, every all all of them, the lineup of one. Uh, there's been I'm three I'm actually really honored you asked me. <laughs> it meant a lot to me. The, uh, oh, I I wouldn't, of course. I of mean, we were going to do this conversation privately. Oh, at my house. of course. We of course. Plan. We've had this conversation. We're like, hey, you want to come over and talk about our trauma? Yeah, and like, like, I get to pet with Le- pet Leia <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> it's so true. They're like, how about we just record it, film it, and then of everyone course. will know. Of course. Yes. Yes. All right. First question. Um, uh, what inspires you in your comedy? Um, my life. Yes. And the people in my life. Yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. For I th- sure. F- uh, people inspire me quite a bit because mm-hmm. I, I've always been a very observant person mm-hmm. and I've always tried to like understand people and see their point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not be the most Christian person now mm-hmm. and I don't agree with everything about Christianity, but yeah. one thing I always carried with me was, you know, loving people regardless and, yeah. you know, allowing emotions to come in and then yeah. kind of leaving. Yeah. Like even, you know, in the comedy scene, like, we're all the same essentially mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i have ego you have ego he got ego like mm-hmm. we all want our moment we all want our spot and sometimes yeah. when you feel like you're being chosen over or you didn't get a certain opportunity because mm-hmm. that person got it can make you feel a type of way but it's like it's the most toxic feeling in the world oh and yeah you can embrace it as a human but it has to be gone just as fast because there's yeah. room at the table for everybody to oh, eat. Oh, absolutely. And everybody, absolutely. like fireworks pop at a different moment, you know? So mm-hmm. for, for myself, what first inspired my comedy when I started was my body. And yeah. it was the easiest thing to joke about as I was getting comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think with the weight loss, like the biggest gift that came from it was that I was able to look at different aspects of my life. Yeah. And, different scenarios that I may be or memories that I suppress that I think might be relatable to people now. So now my writing has gone a little bit more into concepts of, you know, I want to get engaged, but I don't want to get married yeah. because when you get engaged, it's hope and people get married. They don't like you anymore. And you're <laughs> like, yeah. Because I'm at that age mm-hmm. and, you know, observing my friends life yeah. situations and my yeah. life situations. And even, you know, my yeah. boyfriend telling me that, mm-hmm my poom poom like a breakfast restaurant <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's like an argument am i like looking solid me by the way it's my poom poom fire all right <laughs> 10 seconds it or is. less you're done for it's a warm cozy home mm-hmm. feels like sweden very yeah. very nice mm-hmm. good good blanket <laughs> like a good ikea throw blanket i'm sorry it's okay i'm sorry that's actually disgusting <laughs> it's not oh, no we're it's keeping all of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> order now at ikea the libya <laughs> sorry <laughs> um moving on oh, from God, your so pussy dumb. uh your vagina um what is your oh. biggest passion in life my <laughs> your vagina <laughs> my biggest my biggest passion in life um would have to be smoking weed admittedly admittedly yeah, yeah. i smoke it all the time gang, yeah gang. but but <laughs> but my actual passion in life is i don't think i think i need more passion mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> my my passion in life is comedy yeah. and producing and i i really like making people feel connected and understood yeah. and related to because I think that the world has been anything but that in the yeah. past couple of years. So yeah. I don't even really know if my life mis- mission is just stand up comedy or just producing shows, but I know I always want my end result to be that people feel understood. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think people might be my passion. I wish I was one of those people. That was like, I hate people, but like, I really <laughs> like people. I, I I'm, think people can be shitty, but for yeah, the most part, I would like, wish that really like, I mean, it's, it's a very 2016 me like, yeah. I'm an introvert. Yeah. Like, I just say <laughs> love black and hate yeah. people. Yeah. And, I'm like, okay, and I definitely think it. you do that with everything that you work with. You just like, Thank you make you. people feel good. Um, I've seen it at the kickback. They, they keep coming back because they just, they feel connected to you and the other people in the audience and the comedians. It's, it's really great. Well, it's I'm really, really nice. I'm really excited to have you guys on 
you and what, Zach wanted to. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's for me what it wants. Like, I just want to know that I made a positive, like if anything is ever to happen to me or if ever I pass away or anything mm-hmm. like that, like I, I just hope my legacy is that I made people feel good about themselves and I, mm-hmm. I made them feel understood and welcomed and connected because like I've had the privilege of living in two different bodies like I'm some type of spy you know and I've seen the world from two very different perspectives and like the reality is that it's shitty on both ends yeah and none is easier than the other and if you're not you know criticized for one thing you're going to be criticized for another thing so if in the midst of all of that you can at least do your best yeah to not be a piece of shit yeah I mean I have my moments trust me like I'm yeah I I say some shit to kids like I I live in the back of a school I one time really gave it to them but you know for the most part it's like yeah stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. know when to stand your ground own your stuff but at the same time like it's, it's a lot easier to not be a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It takes absolutely. a lot more muscle to be a douchebag. Absolutely. So absolutely. People are my passion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm running for Miss Universe. <laughs> World peace. <laughs> and the last question um, uh, before we wrap up is what is the hardest thing you've ever been through? Uh, probably post life, post weight loss. Yeah. I think. I mean, it's easy to say like when my mom, you know, this, this winter, we almost lost my mom, um, to an overdose. Okay. And I would say like this year has probably been the hardest year of my life because there's been a lot of healing. There's been a lot of hurt. There's been Mm -hmm. a lot of realizations Mm -hmm. that you have, especially as like your parents get older and you realize that they're just people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're also two people in a relationship, but you know, having to learn how to set boundaries you know Mm. just being a late bloomer in general Mm. because i was always sort of like treated like a kid and i always felt like a kid so i never really allowed myself to grow so Mm -hmm. i think hard i I don't know if i've ever had the hardest time of my life because i think i've had different chapters that have been difficult in different ways like I could easily say June was the hardest month of my life because as of yesterday, I had 64 cents in my bank account. Yeah. Like straight up. Yeah. Because bills are expensive. And between my boyfriend and I, we had $6 two days ago. We couldn't even buy toilet paper. Oh, wow. Like, but I still have a roof over my head Mm -hmm. and I still have love and Mm -hmm. I could make a weird pasta if I need to, Mm -hmm. but I'm still like in a loving relationship. I still have a dog that I love. So yeah. For me to say I've had the hardest time of my life is difficult because I haven't lost a friend. I haven't lost a family member yet. I mean, I lost my grandma, but... But your your challenges or your difficulties are still valid and they're still emotional. Yeah, but I think they also inspire my comedy. And growth is really painful. And Mm -hmm. I feel like what you're going through is a lot of growth and change and it's painful. But at the end of the day, you you learn from it, you get better, and then things get better. Yeah. yeah. So I think like hard, hard is a hard question because yeah. like every year has been challenging in a different way and every yeah. month is challenging in a different way. This is like what, our second recession? Yeah, yeah. And we're supposed to like own a house and I have yeah. five kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I can barely, if I was like, sorry, dog, you have to have risotto and peanut butter today. <laughs> like, everything is so expensive. So yeah. like, if I'm going to say what's the hardest time of my life, like this has been the hardest time of yeah. my life. But mm-hmm. this is hopefully mm-hmm. the rags, part of the rags to riches story. And yeah. You know, where a lot of people are like, I had 64 cents in my account. And mm-hmm. I I have a lot of faith, like I said, like in yeah. my, I, it's temporary. It's all temporary. It's going to be okay. I, it will be. One day we'll make money off the kickback. But for mm-hmm. now, I'm just happy that people are being exposed to good comics. And, oh, yeah. you know, we're all together have been building the comedy scene and that's why i'm so proud of the montreal comedy scene yeah from any other city that i know because we're the most misunderstood comedy scene we're the most um underdog comedy scene because the rest underdogged yeah i don't know if that made any sense (laughs) under um why do i have eight different languages in my head right now Mm. underrated underrated Underrated. yeah yeah but also underdogged I mean, you know, yeah, like people yeah. don't really give us mm-hmm. enough credit because we're masked by Just for Laughs. So we're masked in the French community as well. The and French community takes priority. Yeah, but we are small. We're mighty. And that's why, I mean, I love to ha- this opportunity, having a podcast yeah, and, putting it, Look and putting it out into the world and getting the world to know comedians in Montreal yeah. a bit more. We so. got grit, man. Montreal comics have, yeah. have grit. And we're very aware of the fact that like, 
even though the French side is more supported, yeah, it's not something I have seen any of us be really mad at. No. You know, no. it's just like, yeah, obviously yeah. Quebec's going to do that. We live in yeah. Quebec. However, mm-hmm. if we want to have a scene, if we want to be comics, we're all going to have to produce our own shows and everyone has. And mm-hmm. for the most part, compared to other cities, I think we're really nice to each other. I think so. I, I, the, I the, think the so. ratio of assholes to yeah. genuinely yeah. decent I mean, human beings there, compared to other cities. There's definitely some problematic people, but like yeah. in general, like when I go out, I'm not hit with like a ton of them. So like it, most of the people. No, I've heard of like, like more toxic cities. Oh, comedy. I think so. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know Ottawa's how- like, what the fuck? Why are you guys so mean to each other? Like, <laughs> <laughs> guys are like the upside down world. Like, calm down. Like, there's no reason why you guys need to be fighting amongst each other. Like, yeah. you, there's mm-hmm. there's we're all tiny fish in a yeah. little damn tank okay yeah. and yeah. we need to do our best and yeah it's just i don't know in in a world that's already shitty enough let's just give yourselves a break yeah. so be nice to each other be nice oh. now this has been house of stone yeah. thank you so much for being here i love chatting i'm gonna have you on again i feel like we can talk so much more about so much more <laughs> stuff. you also need so to come different. over <laughs> yes i need to come over have a drink hang out with leia and oh. you and yes um mm. thank you again thanks for having me no problem bye guys i want to say thank you to our funders um and our sponsors i want to thank pentelis comedy for the studio and poseidon i want to thank uh zach kick on the ones and twos (laughs) i want to thank fernando the third our social media extraordinaire and i want to thank our listeners uh please like subscribe follow all of that jazz um and uh stay tuned for more episodes thank you